0: It's time to turn the page on last week's last second loss to Oklahoma. West Virginia hosts Texas Tech this weekend as the Mountaineers look to right the ship. We're talking with Chris Level, the publisher of Red Raider Sports on the Rivals Network, for the ins and outs on Texas Tech. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you, Jerry? Doing all right. Can't complain. It's a a beautiful night in Morgantown as we record this. Um, Looking forward to a good game this weekend. So I I guess just kind of to start off, I think Keenan and I are both wondering, after last week's 70-35 loss to Texas, you know, well, even just, not even after that, but looking at that game, what went wrong for the Red Raiders?
1: Everything. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I do the sideline for the radio broadcast, and uh, you know I'm there on the sideline. And you know I, I, I think uh, there's there's some pressure on Matt Wells. There's no doubt about that uh, coming into the season. I think they had played well for the most part in, in the first three non-conference games. I think that Houston team they beat is pretty good. They have not lost since Texas Tech beat them. I think they had a scare against SFA, uh, uh, a guy that coaches SFA is from nearby in in, in Lubbock, and that was a, uh, you know, uh, a lot closer than I don't know, know the fans were were wanting it to be. And then you you blow out uh, FIU, coached by Butch Davis, and then you 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 know you had Texas dead to rights in Lubbock last year. You're up 15 points with three minutes to go, and you just you just blew it. Like everything had to go right for for texas and so i think there was some motivation and at least we thought i think this is a very it's an older texas tech team there's a lot of transfers on this thing they, they have a lot of super seniors and you you go into that game in austin and it's kind of like you know you're an underdog and everything but i thought you, you you'd, you'd you'd give them a game and i think you thought your defense had been much better and i was uh you know, I do a show here in Lubbock every day. And I think one of the questions we'd asked about aloud was this is either a really good time to be playing Texas or a really bad time to be playing Texas. And we're not sure, we're not sure which one it is, but I think we probably know now that was the, it was not, not the best time to be playing them as they figured out what their quarterback situation is and their identity. But, they just ran over you and, and they, you know, they, a lot of play action. Uh, Bijan Robinson is one of the best backs in the, in the big 12 and certainly uh, uh, in, in the country. And it just, it just didn't go well. I think they had you scrambling and, you know, Sarkeesian is uh, he's an elite play caller. And I think uh, he's just still trying to figure out what he's got, but he had you, your head spinning a little bit with a lot of motion and a lot of, you know, just a lot of things, and it just, it uh, just did not go well, and it snowballed on you. And I think, you know, I mean, let's be honest. West, I mean, Texas could have scored more if they'd wanted to. They could have gotten into the 80s, unfortunately. Uh, but that's the reality of, and so this team has now heard about how terrible they are, and uh, you know, it's a week-to-week sport, and so it's it's hard to like look at at that game and feel like you have much of a chance in any game you'll play the rest of the way, if you play that way, but we see these crazy things happen in a week to week, but yeah, just a, that's a long answer to, to tell you that everything went wrong. I mean, your, your quarterback got hurt. I mean, so I could keep going on and on. It was just a, it was a mess. And I know from being around the facility today, they, they want to flush it and move on. And, you know, they feel like they've got, you know, two months left of football. So they want to make, uh, make the most of that, but it was just, they got a wake up call very early on in the conference season for sure
2: in here, Chris. Uh, is there concern? You know, is, is this a harbinger of things to come? Or was it just a one-off? You I know, mean, obviously, teams have bad games sometimes. It, it, are there concerns that arise from this? Or, or was it you just think a bad day at the office?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's probably similar to how I'm guessing you guys were wondering the same thing after that Maryland game, you know, and like wondering, uh-oh, is this is this what this team is? And I think you've seen them, you know, respond and kind of you know, get, get, get some signature wins and play Oklahoma close. And so I, I don't, I mean, I, there's absolutely concern. There's no question. Um, I mean, around here it's doom and gloom and everybody's frustrated and angry and from a fan base standpoint. And yet, you, you know, you go over there and the, the players that they've tried to move on, they've tried to flush it. They're like, that wasn't us. That wasn't. So, I mean, they'll decide that, you know, on, on what it, what it really was. I mean, I think that, the the part that i had a hard time with is that and this is what's scary about texas is that they played harder than texas tech did you know they they played harder they they were doing all the things that a team like texas tech needs to be doing when you don't have as much talent and and all those things and i thought you know against houston in the first game of the season you know texas tech played harder than houston and and that's what it you know, this team's not good enough to just roll out and out talent, uh, you know, most of the teams in the league. And so uh, I, I think that they've got to play harder. I'm, I'm you know, I, it's like the ninth year in a row. I'm not exaggerating here. I went and looked it up. I think there's been one year slipped in there, but it's been the ninth year in a row where this program has is going to have multiple starts missed by their starting quarterback. So it's like the same movie uh, over and over again. You just can't get any traction. Uh, Even Pat Mahomes missed some time when he was here uh, due to injury. And so it's just that part is, is frustrating is that, you know, you wanted to see what a season under Tyler Shuck would look like, but you're not going to get that chance, but it's Henry Columbia's show at least for the next month and a half.
0: How is Matt Wells approaching this week? You know, obviously, you never want to have a 70-35 loss, but you really need to come out of that and show that, you know, Hey, that was just a one-off. That was a fluke. Um, You know, obviously he talked with you guys today. What was his message? What's he kind of looking for out of his team this week?
1: Yeah. You know, and I, I, you know, I host his, uh, I host his coaches show every Wednesday. So I'll sit with him tomorrow night for an hour. And, and, and I, that's one of the things I was curious about like today and, tomorrow night and all those things i'm not sure when you're airing this hopefully i didn't date it sorry about that if i did that's a screw up on my part but oh, i it. uh okay i you know i because at this point you're you're like part psychologist you know you you could only you know like part of me was like you you got to get in everybody's face and chew them out and demand more and just spit nails but with two months left in the season you you, you gotta you gotta keep them engaged you gotta lean on your seniors you've got to so I think it's probably a little bit of both but he he was very positive today Uh, I talked to Colin Schooler uh today and um you know and I think he's one of the best players on this team and you know that's what he said he's he's like you know we'll, we'll, we'll decide how this thing's gonna go like and he's talking about we as in the the seniors on this team you know and and I but I, so I don't I don't know what you'll get Saturday. I, I could see, I, I was partly surprised. We get caught up in the moment and you get caught up into what you last saw. I mean, you're only as good as your last game or what you put on tape is what coaches say. I was surprised the, the spread according to the folks in Vegas was only seven points. You know, I didn't know what to think. Cause you, you, you look at it and you're like, man, are, are you just going to get worked in every game you play? And that, that obviously that won't be the case, but I don't know what kind of effort you'll get, but I mean, I I know that that's what they're talking about around there today is just in, this week is just playing hard and like getting back to what they talked about all off season and trying to get some traction. And so, but now you got to do it with Henry uh, under center and you know, you're, you're mostly healthy on defense, but uh, you know, and, and they know that you know tackling Letty Brown and they know they've had success against West Virginia in the last two years. I'm sure that, you know, I know Neil very well and, you know, and and, and Neil, I, mean, I saw his press conference today, too, and he's like, you know, Texas Tech's had our number. So I'm sure that's not sitting well with him at all, and understandably so. But um, it, uh, I, I'm just fascinated about this league because I don't know if we really know what we're going to get week in and week out. But that absolutely goes with what the Red Raiders will show this coming Saturday. I'm not real sure. Uh, I would have thought they would have played Texas much better. They did not. So I guess you know it's show and tell on Saturday for
2: sure. Chris, how how does the offense change with Henry in there? Does it at all? I know West Virginia fans are obviously familiar with him. Last year, he led led the Red Raiders to a win over them. Does it change with well, the ball? It yeah,
1: it's a different coordinator this year, and and I think that you know Sonny Cumby obviously and, and Sonny and Neil worked together here under Tuberville, and that's how I know Neil so well from his time here. And so Sonny's, you know, he, he runs the offense much differently. than I think David Yost did, which was last year. But to answer your question, it, it, it won't change a lot. No, it, it's he's going to move the pocket. He's going to get the quarterback involved in the run game. I think they're, they don't, you know, last year it was in the last two years under David Yost, they ran 11 personnel, basically 90 to 95% of the time. And they would try to play as fast as they possibly could. You know, that was just their MO and their identity. And I, and I think at some level, it was easier to defend for some teams than others. Uh, But I I think Sonny wants to, he wants to establish the run game. You know, at TCU last year, they averaged 220 yards a game on the ground. I definitely think that they want to establish the run game, probably more so than what David did. And he wants to set that up to take deep shots down the field. And they did, that was one of the bright spots last week is that Henry played well in, in a game where, you know, you were kind of behind, you know, in mean, 49 to 14 at halftime, you were behind, but he started chunking it down the field, and they had caught Texas in a lot of man-to-man coverage, and there was three, you know, deep shots, and he connected on all of them, and I think everybody came away going, Henry looks a lot better than he did last year, and so, but that that's, you know, so to answer your question, Sonny won't, it, it, they won't change the offense a lot, it'll be you know, you, you'll see the tight end involved. You'll see four wide some. You'll see two back sets some. It's kind of a little bit of everything. And, and you know, he'll get, he'll get Columbia moving and
0: get him involved in the run game some. Now, you did mention the, the quarterback injuries being an issue for the Red Raiders for a while. Uh, obviously, Columbia's experience is something that not many backup quarterbacks have. It is calling him a backup, would you even consider that accurate? I mean, he, he's second on the depth chart, but like I said, he's not the typical backup model that you see around the country.
1: Yeah, no, he, he uh, as he would tell you, he's been here before. You know, he backed up Jordan Love. Who's playing for the Packers now at Utah State? Jordan got hurt, and Henry was able to come in and, and start some games. Obviously, Henry started a, a handful of games for this team last year and won some games. Um, and 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 the thing about like the quarterback competition, if there was one when Tyler Shuck transferred here in the spring, is that Henry, you know, he never had a like a day off or a bad day. And and he's just really consistent now. He's not he does not have the upside as somebody like Shuck does like big, big picture, if that makes sense. And then sometimes it doesn't look real sexy. OK, you know, that it just does it like you can't make he can't make the wild plays and, and some of those things. But he's clearly experienced. And I think it, that's what we talked about around here is like he was the ideal backup because he's got plenty of experience and he was. Not going to be somebody you worried about that was going to get mad if he didn't win the job and transfer out and all that stuff because he's a senior, you know. So, yeah, he's uh, he, he's a unique, you know, backup from the standpoint of that he was the backup quarterback to start the season and last season. But, yeah, he started plenty of Big 12 games and it won't be too big for him and, and all those things. It's just a matter of can he make plays and be consistent or not.
2: Who, who are the skill guys to watch, Chris, uh, when they have the ball? Um, obviously, you know, they, they've had good running backs the last couple of years, always have a deep receiver group. You know, who, who are the guys that West Virginia fans need to be aware of?
1: Yeah, um, you know, Sir Roderick Thompson missed the first two games of the season. He's a guy that I know West Virginia fans would, would be familiar with. And he, I don't know if he's your best running back. He's probably your most experienced, but he's kind of working his way back in. And I talked to him today as well. And, you know, he's kind of trying to get get into a rhythm and everything. He'll get a, the bulk of the carries at, at tailback today, or uh, this weekend. And, you know, Kalen Geiger uh, transferred in. He's a, a wide out that came from Troy. He's a, you know, twitchy, you know, outside receiver kid It's not, doesn't have a ton of size, but he's really fast. And Eric Izukama is, you know, one of the best wideouts outs in the Big 12. I mean, he was preseason, uh, first team all Big 12, and he, he's uh, he's a handful. I would tell you he's probably questionable at this point. He had some issues last weekend, um, so I think he'll play, but not can't say for sure. But that and then you know they've got a couple of tight ends that they like. Travis Coons is a, one of the super seniors that came back. He didn't do a whole lot last weekend, but he had two touchdowns, uh, you know, versus uh, Houston early on in the season. And you know they've got a bunch of young wideouts that are in the six three six four range that. They just haven't established themselves yet, as to you know, being playmakers yet. But their time is coming. Loic Fungi was one of those. He caught a a long, you know, fifty-yard touchdown pass against Texas last week. So that gives you a few names to concentrate on. But I, you know, that so we'll, we'll I'm, and it's it's been fascinating for us because they kind of feature somebody a little bit different every every week on kind of what they want to go to, and so. But that that gives you a good idea of
2: the skill. Chris, obviously you they're, they're they had played pretty good defense up until the texas game what can you take away of anything from that game and really moving forward and where have they made improvements you know and neil talked about that today they played pretty deep.
1: yeah I, I think uh i i think th- they had really done well against the run and then they didn't um you know, uh, I, I think that they were averaging only allowing about 40 or 50 yards a game up until last week when they just got run over. And so I think that was the the strangest part for us that, that around this group a lot is that you thought that was the matchup you thought you would compete in. You've got a, a really deep and, and senior laden group of linebackers. Uh, you, you, your, your defensive line is not you know, great. It's just average, but I think you, you make up for it with with a lot of depth and, and quality at linebacker. But I, I think they got caught with a lot of tempo on Saturday. They, and, and I think if anything, Keith Patterson, who has spent some time at West Virginia, I think was there under Dana, but he, he, he will likely simplify what they're trying to do now a bit, because I think they were trying to do a lot schematically and with some different personnel groups and, subbing quite a bit but I think he may simplify a bit because you know Sarkeesian just you know exposed a lot of what they were trying to do and and started going fast and it just didn't look like Texas Tech was ready for it.
0: Who is a guy on Texas Tech's defense that you know uh, through four games this season you're kind of just waiting for him to you know, maybe return to form or a guy that, you know, is capable of more than he's putting out so far.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the two best players on that side of the ball are Rico Jeffers and Colin Schooler. those are two guys that, uh, that are at linebacker. I, I to answer that question, I, I guess, Hmm. I don't know. DeMarcus fields, maybe, I mean, he's a, he, he plays some DB. He's a safety corner nickel guy very experienced another one of the super seniors he's had some moments uh this season where he's looked pretty good but I think he's a he's a guy that I would think that has got a chance to be you know on on an get a call from the NFL and have a chance to try to make a team via undrafted free agent type just to give you an idea of kind of what NFL folks think about him and he's somebody that wears number 23 that uh he's a matured uh, versatile player that, you know, I think he's, he's made a few plays, but I think we were expecting him to be a little bit more consistent, um, probably being harsh there on him, but, uh, but make no mistake. I mean, Colin and Rico are the two best players on that side of the ball. I think Reggie Pearson is an interesting guy too. He's a, a guy that transferred in from Wisconsin and played and started for the Badgers, uh, in their secondary two years ago, And then last year didn't play some different reasons why from health standpoint, Wisconsin wouldn't clear him. He came in and played really well to start. And he's kind of, he hasn't followed up with much in the last couple of weeks. Uh, And so I, I, you know, he, he obviously needs to, to step up and, and, and play
0: better. What are your keys to this game? What are you looking out for? What needs to happen in your eyes?
1: Uh, Texas Tech must stop the run or slow it down, and and obviously the, their entire focus will be, you know, on Letty Brown, um, and and understandably so. Uh, again, easier said than done. Uh, and then I think that you know you just have to, you know, you, and you've got to establish the run game. They just were not able to do that versus Texas last week, uh, and you got behind and you had to abandon it. But I think it really that's where it kind of starts, and I I think ultimately what I'm saying to you is that you've got to be better on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And they weren't last weekend and they were the first three weeks. And so obviously the competition, you know, elevated quite a bit and you caught Texas at a bad time. I think their offensive line dominated that game and, and and you've got to respond with your front seven uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball this week, because if, if Letty Brown is able to, you know, run for 150, 200 yards. I mean, we, we could talk about all kinds of other stuff, but the odds are Texas Tech won't fare well in that kind of situation. And it, it's, it's fascinating to me too, this league has changed so much in that there's just not, the games are, you know, you get limited possessions. I mean, everybody's kind of running the ball now and there's not the shootouts that you get into anymore. Everybody's leaning on defense and trying to run the ball and there's a lot of good running backs in this league. And, and, and then you, you know, you, you just need to be the team that, that can stop the run because then that limits the, the shots downfield to get taken uh, with the play action stuff. And so really only Oklahoma and Oklahoma state are really the only teams that are going to kind of get into shootouts. And like, I think want to throw the ball a lot and major in it. Everybody else wants to, you know, sit on the ball a little bit, run it and play good defense and, and give themselves a chance. So I, I would expect a lot of that
0: on Saturday from both teams. How do you see it playing out? You know, you've you obviously know this <laughs> Texas Tech game. What's What's your prediction? <laughs> I,
1: I don't I, I wish I could. I, I don't. I'm not sure if you'll you'll see 38 to 20 West Virginia or if you'll see something like 27 24 Texas Tech I could see all in between I'm not real sure what you'll get out of uh, this Red Raider group I really don't Um, and that's kind of frustrating to be honest I mean I think that that's where the fans are coming at from is you're just not real sure you know who are these guys kind of thing Um, I I think they'll play harder I think they'll play better is that going to be good enough Uh, I think if you're Texas Tech you try to and, and, and I you know it's funny because I, I know Jared Daigie's, uh his mom teaches my daughter in English, okay? She's, you know, <laughs> here at, at Cooper High School, which I just left about 10 minutes ago from watching a middle school game. So he's just from, he goes to the, he went to the same high school that my kids go to. It's just fascinating, all the the Neil Brown and the Daigie, all the connections that that I've got with this West Virginia program. But, you know, I, I think, and, and you guys understand this, but Jared hasn't he's had his moments where he's played well. And he's had his moments where, you know, you want to give the other kid a chance. But I think if you're Texas Tech, you want to put the game in his hands and say, we're not going to let Letty Brown beat us. Let's see if Jared, if Jared can. And, you know, I don't know if you're good enough to do that or not, but that would be the game plan. But I I would expect, you know, I I heard you guys uh, talking about 27-21 or similar score to Virginia Tech game. I bet you get something like that um but i don't know if texas tech will have enough to, to win it or not no
0: for more on texas tech uh you can follow chris on twitter at chris level or check out red uh, again chris thank you so much for joining us absolutely thanks fellas appreciate you having me enjoy the game saturday West Virginia is two and two heading into this week's clash against Texas Tech. Last week's game against Oklahoma it probably should have been a win for the Mountaineers. They played uncharacteristically well against the number four team in the country. Uh, Keenan, what are, what were your takeaways from that one? There, you know, a lot of lot of bright spots. The defense being one. How did you see it play out? What what did you take away from that one?
2: I, I thought West Virginia played to win. I mean, I, I do. When you look at and how that game unfolded. You know, we, we talked about this last week, Jared. Uh, Oklahoma had struggled on offense, and, and I've been a firm believer. I'm a, in the West Virginia. West Virginia's defense is a lot better than people think it is camp, and I have been since fall camp. And did, am I surprised that West Virginia held them to 16 points? Absolutely. Uh, I think that that would be a shock to say otherwise. But am I surprised that West Virginia fared well? defensively? No. I think, you know, looking at that, when I watched that game live, I, I made a post about this on the blue lot too. I kind of thought, you know, what's West Virginia doing offensively, especially in the second half? But really when you go back and look at it, they they really gave themselves a chance. I thought, I thought the coaches put together a really good plan and gave them a chance to win that football game by shortening it and really trying to put them in a position to win. Obviously, you know, devising a plan and executing that plan are two very different concepts. And, you know, West Virginia faltered in in some key spots, you know, namely uh, a false start penalty, a missed throw to a wide-open Bryce Ford. Wheaton in the back of the end zone. I mean, he still should have called it. He got his hands on it. But it'd be unfair to say it was not a misfire. You know, obviously a bad snap. Uh, You look at that, and that changes the entire complexion of this game. And West Virginia had a, a legitimate chance, a great chance to win this football game. And they've faltered in some key areas. And really, when you look at this West Virginia team, that's kind of the story so far this season. Uh, the difference between a good team and a bad team is finding a way to win, even when you make mistakes. And West Virginia is still trying to figure out how to be a good football team.
0: Yeah, we definitely saw on Saturday that they have made a lot of progress. I mean, you know, if you... I I guess just the only way really that I can put it was this just seems like a completely different team than we saw go out on the field to take on Maryland. And it really does start with the defense. You know, you, you think after last season, when, you know, you lose Tyke Smith, Darius stills, Tony fields, Dreshawn Miller, you'd expect by losing them, you know, that would be a tremendous step back for this West Virginia defense if they can obviously they had the struggles you know first couple weeks of the season but if they can keep playing the way that they did on saturday against the sooners it's almost like the losses of 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 those guys are moot like there's you know it's next man up mentality uh, especially in that secondary uh you know we've seen big uh big impacts from guys like jackie matthews you know with the the game-saving pass deflection on um, the Virginia Tech game. Uh, Daryl Porter as well with the big tip uh, against Oklahoma. Keenan, on that defensive side of the ball, who has impressed you the most throughout these four weeks? Uh, you know, you, you get a lot of candidates. Those two guys, Lance Dixon has, has put in some quality minutes. Who, has, who in your eyes has exceeded expectations?
2: I think the defensive line as a whole. I thought that it would be a strength coming into this year. I did not know it would be this big of a strength. Uh, depth is the one concern. I will I will concede that. But I do think that just looking at it top to bottom, Akeem Mesador is playing a different level of football right now. I, mean, I know you're not going to look at his stats and be wowed, but you're not really going to be wowed by Nosegard's stats very often. Um, he's dominating. I mean, most times at West Virginia, is generating pressure. Or keeping guys in the pocket, it's him getting pressure up the middle, you know, commanding double teams. Uh, he, he's doing his job. Dante still has played pro- probably, arguably, you know, he's played some good games in the past. So I don't want to, you know, be a prisoner of the moment here, but played very, very well against Oklahoma. And Taj Austin has been great at five-tech. You know, he's, he's really been impressive, and I think they've gotten some quality snaps out of Jordan Jefferson and Sean Martin. But you need to find some more, Um, whether that's uh, Darrell Middleton, uh, you know, some of those other guys on the roster. But I think top to bottom, that group's been impressive. Uh, It's very, very, very rare, you you lose a a consensus All American in Darius Stills, and the unit somehow gets better up front. And I think that really is what's happened, you know, through four games. Will will it will it withhold? Will it withstand? Probably, but I mean, you know, you know, we'll see how it turns out. But I do think that. I've been very impressed with that unit. Uh, On the flip side of that, I think linebacker play has got to be better. Uh, It's been up and down this season, I think. Uh, You know, watching them play, uh, I think coverage is not necessarily their strong suit, but I think West Virginia's got to get better there and they've got to get more deep there because they're not really trusting a lot of guys to play.
0: Yeah, important to note, uh, you know, Josh Chandler-Cimito has, you know, he is no Tony Fields. That's an incredibly hard player to replace, but Josh Chandler-Schmito has put in quality minutes for the Mountaineers this season, uh, consistently at the top of uh, the box scores in, in terms of tackles. Uh, he had 12, led led the team against Oklahoma. Something I wanted to bring up, though, was Alonzo Adai, kind of been, I don't want to say, I don't know if flaky is the right word, but he's been noticeably absent from you know, tallying tackles and, and making these key plays for the Mountaineers the past couple of games. He had nine tackles uh, against Oklahoma. That's, that's huge. Uh, we saw, you know, last season w- what he was able to do. He was consistently, you know, arguably, I don't think anybody would disagree that he was the one of the leaders of that defense, or at the very least he was the leader in the secondary uh he, him, he is even more valuable this season based on how much youth that there is there in that secondary. Uh, so it's nice to see him putting in a good game. x relo again, six tackles. Uh, in all, this defense is becoming fairly well-rounded, and it's, it, God, it's, a, it's such a pleasure to watch. Um, but switching gears a little bit now to offense. Uh, Not a pleasure to watch. Yeah, uh, it depends on who you ask. I know probably most of the, our uh, our blue lot people will say that it's a pleasure to watch Garrett Green. What are your thoughts on uh, how this two-quarterback system is shaking out so far?
2: I like the rhythm with it so far. Um, I think it's clear that West Virginia, for whatever reason, whether they don't believe he's ready, whether they think that Beggy gives them, you know, different elements, doesn't fully trust Garrett Green. You know, to give him the full keys yet, but I liked what they did with him. Uh, I would have preferred a time. You know, I'm not a play caller, but I would have preferred times had maybe they kick started that thing a little bit earlier. You know, they waited till they got around the 50 to kick start it most time and get him in there. You know, clearly when he's in the game, yeah, it's going to open up things more in the run game for Letty Brown. You know, I don't, I don't think you you take the small sample size of the past two games because if you want to do that, I mean. They had an 80-yard run with Daggy in the game against Virginia Tech. So they had a 20-yard run in this game. It was the only run they had over 10-plus yards. But what he did do is freeze those linebackers a little bit, made it a little more difficult, and they got him on the edge, even let him throw the ball some. Uh, I think the two-quarterback thing can work for West Virginia. Um, I really do. I think they can continue to build on it and use it effectively as they continue to progress this offense. I think that where it's at now is not going to be where it's at couple weeks from now and we talked about this last week I expected him to start throwing out of it they did and it wasn't anything too complex you know kept it really simple for him but just having that element when he's in the game is a completely different thing and really for the most part you know Deggie made a couple bad throws in this game you know the offense stalled at times but I thought he also made some crucial throws as too. you know move the chains uh, you know if people get caught up on stuff sometimes it wasn't the most difficult throws but it didn't need to be you know, he took what was there. He moved the chains. You know, both of them kind of worked in unison. I think that this offense can be successful, but they're not to the point right now where they can overcome mistakes. You know, when they're knocked off schedule and behind the sticks, it's really tough for this group right now, especially when going against a team like Oklahoma, who was able to heat them up and protection was an issue. They've got to stay on track. they got to stay on schedule. If they do, I think this team can score points. Uh, if they don't, we're going to continue to see these three-point second half, which has a lot of people mad
0: on the blue line right now. Honestly, it's it's got me mad, too, just because, you know, from our point of view, what are we right about, you know? Uh, I think, at, at least my point of view, I'd rather take a, a 62-60 game over a 16-13 game, but – uh Speaking of the West Virginia offense, I did want to touch on Bryce Ford Wheaton, kind of what he put forth against Oklahoma. Eight receptions, 93 yards. Again, he's, he's kind of like Sam James against Virginia Tech, where, uh, you know, here's a guy who who gets a lot of crap for whatever reason and put in a really good game. He's the leading receiver. Uh, it's still, a, you know, the, the wide receiver room Seems like it's always a work in progress because you've you've really just got a group of guys and there is no number one guy. But that that was nice to see Bryce Ford Wheaton put put up those numbers and and again Sam James five receptions twenty one yards didn't hurt the team. Uh, Keenan, what are your thoughts on on Bryce Ford Wheaton's progression and really just that wide receiver room?
2: I like where they're going. I mean, overall, I mean, I think it's a different guy every week right now, which. Really, when you have a room that's you know supposedly deep, like it's been built with a lot of different guys, you'd like to see that. Um, Bryce took advantage of his opportunities. You know, he a lot of the same routes, a lot of that like little slant action underneath, taking him underneath, going to the middle of the field. You want a big body moving up the field like that makes it tough to tackle. He's got to break a couple of those moving forward, but and you really got to catch that one that went through his hands. But overall, it was a solid game. I think offensively, West Virginia's got to figure out how to run the ball better a little bit figure out how to use both their quarterbacks uh, more in unison. And, you know, I think things will start to come together. I don't think that this 16-13 to game is necessarily a reflection of the offense. They've had a lot of splash plays. It it isn't as much as you'd like to see, you know, through the first three. But they've had splash plays. I think they, they purposely shortened the game to try to keep Oklahoma off the field. It almost worked. So, encouraging. But moving on. Uh, West Virginia's got another game this
0: weekend, a home game, Jared. Yeah, a home game. Uh, Looking forward to it. I know you and I are glad to be back out there at uh, at the stadium. You did mention, uh, you know, offense kind of needs to uh, figure some things out. What better opportunity than to try and figure those out against a team that allowed 70 points scored against their defense last week? Uh, Texas Tech. I'm sure everybody listening has seen 70 to 35 loss to the Texas Longhorns. Not great. Not great at all for the Red Raiders, but West Virginia could benefit. Keenan, heading into this week, what are, you know, what are you looking at? What's the main thing that you you got your eyes on?
2: Can West Virginia take care of this team? Uh, two years in a row, it's been golden opportunities for West Virginia. And Texas Tech has really kind of just hit them off the top rope. You know, the game in Morgantown two years ago was a joke. I mean, it was over early. West Virginia, that's one of two games in Neil Brown's tenure where West Virginia didn't show up. The other one was Iowa State uh, last year, but didn't show up last year. They had every opportunity to win that game in Lubbock and and literally gave the game away on a fumble return for a touchdown. So, can West Virginia get it done? They have not played very well against Texas Tech, and, uh, no disrespect to their program at all, but it's not as if they've they've been overachieving of late. You know, West Virginia had started to kind of seize control of that series, and really they've completely stole the momentum back, and, and that's taken care of. West Virginia, can can they bounce back? I think they can. Obviously, I think West Virginia is a pretty good football team when they when they aren't killing themselves with self-inflicted mistakes. If you look at this team right now; they're two and two. You can make an argument that they could be four and zero, oh, and you can make an argument that they could be one and three that's kind of where this team is at. I mean, I guess if you look at it that way, it's kind of evened itself out in a sense. But there's potential here. I think what we took away from that Oklahoma game, or really we should have, and even the early part of Virginia Tech where they kind of took the air out, is when this team's hitting on all cylinders, they can hang with anybody. And West Virginia has eight games left, and they could win all those games, and they could lose a lot of those games. It's really still up in the air. And depends on how it comes together. But I want to see how West Virginia responds, especially at home. Um, I think you took a lot away from that Oklahoma game, but it doesn't really matter if you come out and lay another egg at home against Texas Tech.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a big one to, to to kind of see where West Virginia is at. You know, I feel like we say that about every game about, you know, oh, the Maryland game will show you kind of how the season goes. And then LIU, you didn't really learn a whole lot, but then Virginia Tech was like, okay, this is the show me game, and then they played really damn well against Oklahoma, and you still really don't know what you've got there, uh, I think the picture is coming to light a little bit, um, but it's just weird thinking, you know, we're we're almost halfway through the season, and we don't really, it's a crapshoot what to expect from this West Virginia team every year, uh, or every game, but hey, that's, what's, that's what makes college football exciting, right,
2: um yeah I agree with you. I think I think the thing that makes it so hard is you don't know which offense is going to show up. Is it going to be the West Virginia offense in the first half against Virginia Tech? Is it going to be the one in the second half? You know, is it going to be that that offense on that first drive against Oklahoma? Is it going to be the one on the you know in the in the second half? I mean it's it's just hard it's really hard to put your finger on it right now. And I think they're still figuring it out too. I mean they're obviously still tinkering around with the two quarterback scheme. Um, and how they're going to do that, how they're going to mix it in. And I think that that's going to continue to evolve, as I said. But speaking of quarterbacks, Texas Tech has a familiar name, uh, a guy we didn't really expect to see, but here he is again, Henry remember, you, you We all remember him last year. Uh, he, he actually filled in last year uh, as a backup and led Texas Tech to a win over West Virginia. Didn't have great numbers what he did well was move around in the pocket. Uh, he threw the ball well, he extended plays. That's going to be an issue for West Virginia. They're going to have to be ready for that. What do you think? What do you think about him, Jared? Do you think that uh, Columbia can lead the old Red Raiders in and have some success?
0: It's entirely possible. I mean, you know, I've am i I'm pulled up this, the numbers from last year. 169 yards passing, 40 yards rushing. Again, we've seen time and time again this year, West Virginia kind of hit or miss. Again, you don't really know what they're going to do when they're, when they're faced with a, a quarterback who, who can do both things. Um, so who knows? I mean, he definitely, this, the sample size is small, but he definitely looked pretty sharp last season. Uh, so really who knows? I mean, he's, he's a Matt Wells guy. If I recall correctly, he was at Utah state with, with head coach Matt Wells, but, uh, so there's probably not a not a better person on that team who knows the system so that alone should scare you, especially when he's at the quarterback position. Uh, but who knows? I mean he i I don't expect him to have a bad game. Uh, something that I just kind of get caught up on is the fact that Texas Tech hasn't won a true road game since they last came to Morgantown two years ago. Um, you know, road well, games are. Different. Yeah, right. Road games are always a challenge, especially at Milan Pushcar Stadium. I guess the Red Raiders should just be lucky that it's not a night game. Um,
2: yeah, hey, West Virginia's got a seven-game streak going, too, at home.
0: So, a lot on the line here. Yeah, definitely a lot on the line. Well, I guess I guess we might as well just get into it, then. How do you see this weekend playing out?
2: Well, I think that before I get into a prediction, I do want to say, when you look at Texas Tech, you know, obviously I was, you know, Talking about their quarterback, but really their skill position guys are make it go. They got they got some great wide receivers as they usually do. um Some skilled running backs. West Virginia's had a lot of trouble with their offense the last couple years. I think their defense, to their credit, is a lot better than they showed last week. I think they ran into a buzzsaw at Texas, kind of similar to what West Virginia ran into in Ames a year ago. You know, no matter what Texas did, it worked. How uh, they kind of had success all day, so. I do think that this is going to be a challenge for West Virginia. They're favored in this game. I think that's accurate. I'd probably say that's accurate even if uh, even if their starter was playing. But with a backup, definitely. And I think West Virginia is going to win this game. It's going to be closer than you want it to be for, for a period. I think they'll pull away in the fourth quarter. I'm thinking something like you know, thir- 31-17, 31-24, something like that. I think that. 34-24, something, you know, something in that range. I think that West Virginia is going to end up winning this game. I don't see them scoring 70 points. I don't think that this is going to be a track meet by any means, but I think both
0: teams are going to put some points up. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I feel like we do agree with each other every week. Uh, West Virginia is favored, as you mentioned. I think West Virginia is going to have a good one. I, I, I'll be optimistic here and say that, you know, they just keep building after Virginia Tech, after Oklahoma. Uh, I honestly, I could see, you know, 27-21, same score of the Virginia Tech game. I could see that as in the realm of possibility. Uh, I think it'll be, it'll really just come down to how West Virginia handles Columbia. Uh, you know, as as we just talked about, he was solid last year. He was really solid. and. If you can neutralize him, I think you will have no problem taking on this Red Raider team. Uh, but if you can't, that's that's a big challenge, especially with how West Virginia has handled that type of player on offense this year. Um, Keenan, any final thoughts before we before we wrap up? No, we're ready
2: for some more football. And uh, we're deep into the season now, ready to go. Once again, if you want to look at our stuff. Over on WVSports.com, we got plenty of content. We got some stuff from the Red Rider side as well, so look forward to it, and I uh, hope to see you over there.
0: Yeah, West Virginia Texas Tech uh, scheduled to kick off at 3:30 Eastern Time this Saturday from Milan Bushgar Stadium, uh, broadcast on ESPN2. It's Stripe the stadium, and it's the day that WV retires Daryl Talley's number 90. Safe to say, it's it's gonna look like a good a good fun day. Uh, As always, Keenan and I will have game day coverage on Twitter and online at WVSports.com. And as always, don't forget to join the conversation before, during, and after the game on the blue lot. Uh, For Keenan, I'm Jared Sari. Thanks for listening to Musics from the Mountains, and we'll be back to talk again soon.